Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I hope it was fun. I hope it went accordingly. I hope it was everything it was meant to be. Uh, There's been a lot going on in the media. Uh, We were last on the air on Saturday. I'm sure everybody tuned into my KFNX show on AM radio. And we were also live the last time for the Internet show last Tuesday. So we did not do a show last Thursday because there was some stuff that came up, unfortunately. Uh, And this week we will be having a a short schedule. We'll be live uh, today, Thursday, and Saturday. And then starting next week again, we will be back to our long regular schedule, which is Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday and Saturday. Uh, But, yeah, uh, I tell you what, guys, uh, we are living in a time like never before. And and just to remind my audience on the times of all my shows, uh, it's Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern to 11 p.m. Eastern, as well as Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern to 8 p.m. Eastern. And you can find my show on nearly 70 online platforms, listen to in 25 different countries. We're doing very well. We're doing big, big stuff. And as everybody knows, I got a lot of future plans for the show. I'm putting a lot of different stuff together, including the network. Uh, We're expanding on on various platforms, and uh, I'll definitely have a lot more announcements uh, in the the coming days. I I got some stuff to share with all of you, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, Like always, I want to thank all my audience, my co-hosts, my sponsors, and guests. Uh, You are all incredible. Uh, And for anybody that doesn't know, uh, please visit my 24-7 media site. The next NEX Gen G E N USA dot com, and you can find clips there. You can find past shows and all sorts of great stuff like 24 7 breaking news coverage. Um, all righty, I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys, and I, I know I say this quite a bit, but it's been quite the weekend. It's uh, you know, and it's today has been quite the quite the headlines. Uh, we definitely have a lot to go over tonight. Very excited to have everybody here. I do want to welcome to the show. We have U.S. congressional candidate from Ohio, Dwayne Hennon. Dwayne, how are you? I'm doing great, Rory. How about yourself? Uh, doing well. Great to have you here, my friend. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, I also want to welcome to the show. I believe we have with us uh, evangelist, uh, motivational speaker, activist, and best-selling author, Sam Tully. Sam, how are you? Doing just good, Rory. How's it going for yourself today? Uh, doing very, Doing very well. Great to have you back with us, my friend. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Also want to welcome to the show a retired police chief and homicide detective, Michael Valsi. Michael, how are you? Good, Roy. Thanks for having me tonight. I look forward to the show. Lots of things happening. Never a dull yep. moment anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. Real pleasure, as always. Also want to welcome to the show, I believe we have with us, political operative, uh, we have Corey Jones with us. Corey, what's up, buddy? Hey, Rory. Good to see you again, man. Well, good to have good to have you here. Got a big show tonight. Glad you could join us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Everybody, it's pretty impressive how uh, another week of the Rory Sodder Show. 221 episodes later, and here we are. It's a real it's a real treat. I love being able to. Utilize this platform and shine my light. It's awesome. All right, let's get into it. Uh, and as usual, everybody, you know, I, I want to get into my opening statements. I'll go over some of the headlines that have happened uh, in the in the past 
couple days since we've been off the air. I'll start with the small stuff, and then we'll get into the big stuff. And as always, everybody on my panel, on my platform, if you have any thoughts on anything, uh, once I get to you, feel free. Any, anything uh, you, want, you want to discuss or, or give thought on uh, to, what, to what I was addressing. So uh, let's get into it. Here we go. All right. Um, big thing happened last week, and I, I really think uh, not enough people are paying attention to this, and I, and I really think it's very significant. It, it's, it's really important for our country, and it's probably one of the most important things in the health field that, uh, to date for, for, what, for, what, uh, for what we're dealing with and what, what, what was put in place. So what Trump did is he put forth legislation and an order that hospitals cannot – hide fees anymore they got to be transparent they got to be up front with you they, they got to tell you what the costs are uh, ahead of time uh, and you know they, they there's no this avoids and this gets rid of all the the hidden fees and all the add-ons that these hospitals were you know harassing citizens with I mean if anybody's ever gone to a hospital they know what the bills are like they know how there's add-on costs they know how there's things that come out of left field that appear on the statements. So this, this really uh, opens a huge door and, and saves people a lot of money. And it's, it's the government being honest with us. I mean, it's, it's, it's about time. I and mean, we, we need this sort of um, situation, you know, visible. And, and you know, and then the medical field, this is, this is something that people struggle with all the time, with costs. With, I mean, there's so many things uh, that I mean. Look at look at all the bills that go into collections. Look look at all the look at all look at all the costs hospitals get away with. And I'm not saying they're all ridiculous what they charge for, but there's definitely certain things that are on these bills and 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 what they charge these people that is absolutely it, it's not necessary. It isn't. Um. All right. Let, let's get let's get into this. I want to I want to bring up this as well. This is this is another big thing going on. Um. You know, and this, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's the biggest double standard on the face of the earth. Uh, this whole Roger Stone thing, you know, he got down guilty on Friday of all seven counts, all seven charges uh, brought by the Mueller probe. And they're charging him with the same things that Hillary Clinton and other people in the Obama administration are guilty of, but never face any consequences for. It's the biggest hypocrisy. It's the biggest double standard. It's the biggest abuse of power. I mean, how how is this setting the right example for the American people? How is this good for our values? How is this appropriate for for what America stands for? You know, you have all these people in power in the deep state, the higher ups, getting away with all of this, all this, all this terrible things that they're going after Trump's people for. Roger Stone is innocent. He did nothing wrong. Uh, he did very minimal. To, I, I don't think he – I mean, I'm looking – I'm going to look at what he did the seven counts, and it's everything that people like Eric Holder, Hillary Clinton, Andrew McCabe are guilty of, Comey even, all these people. And what happened? They – nothing happens to them. They don't get held accountable. They don't get their day in court. The Democratic Party – is protected. Is protected. And look at look at what they're getting Roger Stone for. Stuff that has nothing to do with Trump. Nothing. 
You know, and it's and here's the thing, and I really think this is going to happen. I believe Roger Stone will be pardoned by Trump, and I, 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 it has to. It has to be done because here's why. Roger Stone and Trump have a long history. They've been close allies for many years. Uh, they've, you know, been, had each other's back, backs for the longest time. Um, Roger Stone refused to um, lie or say anything that was fabricated, even though he probably could have uh, got, you know, immunity. Um, Roger Stone. I mean, they, they, this is what these corrupt prosecutors and these lawyers do. They try to get these people into a room and say, well, you're going to say this about Trump. You're going to say that about Trump, and we'll let you off. Roger Stone wasn't budging. He wasn't going to give them anything. He, he was staying loyal, and you've got to respect that, especially in this day and age when you have so many backstabbers out there, when you have so many people that are against the president and out to harm him. People like Roger Stone should be applauded. They should be rewarded. They should be praised to the highest degree. Loyalty is, is one of the hardest things to find in today's society. If we live in a cynical world. We live in a cynical world where everybody's out for themselves and everybody's out for the last bit of power and, and to, to, make, to make their deals. You know, and I'll tell you what, I, the swamp um, really, you know, is happy about this whole Roger Stone thing. And I don't think enough people did enough things to protect Roger Stone. I think this all could have been prevented. Many people around Trump could have done things, um, and, you know, it, it goes back to so many different people. Look at, look at Jeff Sessions not recusing himself. A lot of this stuff could have been prevented, a lot of it. And here we are. Here we are. And I'm, I'm sad. I'm really sad for Roger Stone and his family because all Roger ever did was help Trump win. He helped him uh, get to the top. He was a big key in the 2016 campaign. Um, you know, he's just been a strong asset. In every regard, in every category. Don't forget, he ran Reagan's campaign. He's been around the political players for as long as anybody can remember. Uh, this guy knows the business. He knows how to handle himself. He's uh, a genius. He really is. Um, okay. Uh, you know, I, I want to bring this up because I haven't talked about it on my show since it happened. It happened Thursday night. Uh, but this whole Miles Garrett uh, situation with the Cleveland Browns, how he took off his helmet and hit um, the the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers player, I believe it was, his name is Mason Rudolph. I mean, I've never seen anything like this in football. I've seen it in basketball. I've seen fist fights. I've seen people beat each other bloody in basketball, hockey, obviously. Um, I've seen some stuff in baseball. But in football, I've never seen anyone, I don't think, take off their helmet and take it to somebody's head. That's a deadly weapon. And, I mean, the NFL, you know, it was right to suspend him the rest of the year. But he's lucky that's all that's coming of it as of now. Uh, Mason Rudolph, the, the player that got hit on the, uh, his agent, on the, the Steelers player, uh, he, they're saying that legal, um, legal action isn't, out of, isn't out, of, uh, out of talk. I mean, that's something they're strongly pursuing, and I hope they do. Uh, you know, we have to uh, hold these people accountable, these millionaires, just because you have money, just because you're – have power just because you're a high up doesn't mean you're special or should deserve any sort of, um, you know, treatment that any nobody else would get in America. I mean, you, you shouldn't be able to walk free because of being an athlete or being a celebrity or being some high profile person. Everybody should be held to the same standard. They should go through the same process. They should face the same consequences. 
how often have we seen people with money never spend a day in jail, never see a day in court? I mean, it's, it's, it's unfair. It really is. And something has to be done about it. The NFL isn't strong enough with their rules. They aren't. I mean, they let these – look at what they let people get away with. I mean, you know, we've, we've seen um, all these different examples, you know, violence, uh, even murderers and rapists. We've seen rapists be allowed to play. You know, and I, you know, I get why, because these people are talented. They're good at football. And these owners want to make money, and they want to, you know, please the fans. But it's, it's not morally or ethically right at all. It really isn't. And I hope something is – I hope legal action is taken against Miles Garrett because uh, I don't think being suspended the rest of the year is a good enough punishment. I, I think that – I mean, that's a given. That's a given. Um, all right, this is, this is interesting. So we saw all these shootings this past week, more um, well, like two of them. Uh, but the, I'm talking about one in particular, uh, the California school shooting. Uh, Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren, uh, they used, as always, and this is, this is not a shocker, but this is what the Democrats do. They use these situations for political gain. They use it as a political statement. They don't give any sympathy or any love to the victims. Instead, they push that agenda. And they started pushing for gun control right away, even though it wouldn't have done anything or saved anything. And most of these situations, when they're pushing gun, for gun control, the, it's usually people buying their gun legally or somebody buying it illegally. Please tell me how gun control would prevent any of that. I, I, I say this, these facts all the time. Either you get a gun off the black market, which people can do every single day, or you're a law-abiding citizen and you go and buy it legally at the store. I mean, it, what's gun control going to do? except leave the, bad, the good guy defenseless and let the bad person take over. You know, it, it, this, is, this is third world ideology. This is communism. The Democrats are turning into Hitler. They are turning into um, all, these, all these dictators. Take your guns, leave you defenseless, and then they want to have all the power. This is how it all starts. This is how it all starts. And they should be ashamed of themselves, really. It's sick stuff. You guys are pushing a narrative and, and an agenda rather than caring about anything about the victim. You know? Um, here, here's, something, here's something that I, you know, I just laugh at and shook my head at. Uh, Prince Andrew, uh, last week, he's now denying that this whole Epstein ties. He's denying that he spent time with that Epstein and these children, and he said he never had sex with, with that 17-year-old girl who's coming out and saying that she was with Prince Andrew many times, and it, you know this this whole state of denial and how these it goes back to what I said earlier. These higher ups, these elites, these rich people, never take accountability. They do all these things, uh, and they don't think the rules apply to them. They don't think the laws apply to them. They they think they can do whatever, whatever, whatever floats their boat. And it, it, you know, in this whole Epstein thing, we know he didn't kill himself. We know he was tied to all these big elites, all these people with money. Uh, there's a lot of dirt. There's insurance. There, you know, there's different things. I mean, he, he had a diary. He had uh, exclusive videos. I don't, I don't know how much more proof you can get, you know, and think about how many times people like Prince Andrew were on that plane, were on the island, were with Epstein. So it's, it, it's just, I mean, it's ignorant at this point to even deny it. 
I mean, what the hell are you doing, man? It's like you're there. You're on the flight log. We see pictures of you guys together. We've seen videos. Come on. Um, here's something really disturbing. Uh, Deep State, and this is out this past week, the Deep State is now working for Homeland Security. And let me tell you what I mean. We have one of the, one of the guys running Homeland Security right now who was upset with how Trump was putting a stop to illegal immigration. Yes, yes, you heard that right. We have a guy working in Homeland Security. The, I believe he's the acting uh, Homeland Security uh, person, but he's in there right now, and he made a statement saying he wants more illegals coming into the country, and he's mad that Trump is trying to stop it. This just is another example of a globalist, uh, somebody involved with the deep state that is not a real Republican, is not out for the pro-Trump uh, initiative, is not out for the America First agenda. Uh, they're, they're obviously uh, special interests there or, or people whispering in this guy's ear telling him uh, what to do. And this is what I'm talking about. We have to stop this. Trump has to stop hiring these schmucks. He has to get people that are serious about, about changing our country and, and not these bureaucrats and these long-term D.C. rats. Vet more properly with these jobs. It's very scary out there. And this was on Breitbart today. You know, and, and, and Breitbart, I'll tell you, they are fantastic at what they're reporting. Uh, they're getting news out there that nobody else will cover. And this whole immigration thing right now, it's, it's not a joke. Uh, we need to put a stop to it. Uh, the caravans are, are out of control. I mean, Mexico's doing a pretty good job right now of stopping a lot of it, but these people are still coming. It's not ending. Uh, and we have, so far this year, I think, hundreds of thousands that have entered illegally. I mean, come on. Um, okay. You know, here's, a, here's an interesting poll that came out this past week. Uh, Americans are now saying, this is Pew Research, Pew, great, poll, great polling company. Americans now say Democrats are the party much more unfriendly to religion than the GOP. So, and I knew this all along. I mean, this is, a, this, I mean, this is obvious. Uh, Democrats are the biggest. They are the fascists. If you don't agree with them, then you're their enemy. Uh, and they don't know how to have civil discourse. They don't know how to be the voice of reason. They don't know how to have conversations. They don't know. And, and anything they disagree with, like religion, they try to cancel it. They try to get rid of it. They try to ruin it. They try to destroy everything about it. And this is why they are more intolerant. And this is why the poll is accurate. I mean, I, I don't know any GOP members that are bigoted or hateful uh, to that degree, like liberals. I've, I've never seen so much hate like I have from the left. I mean, look at the examples. Chick-fil-A, the Bible, Christian churches, all these things they want to change. They want to rewrite history that has been around for, our enti- for the entire uh, existence of Earth. And they want to change it up with trannies, drag queen story hour, uh, let men have periods, all this crazy shit that is out of a damn movie and out of a damn Twilight Zone. It's sick. And they're trying to bring pedophilia, too. They're trying to enable that. That's the next thing they want to push on their agenda. I'm tired of it, man. I really am. Um, you know, and this is, this is really interesting, and I think everybody needs to take notes on this and really – uh, grasp what what this really defines. Uh, the Democrats' hero, 
Barack Hussein Osama came out this past week, and he's saying that he's worried that the party is getting too far left. The Democrats' messiah, the Democrats' hero, came out and called out people like Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, saying, you guys got to watch yourself. America doesn't want the whole system rewritten and reinvented. It's about time Obama says something that is accurate and truthful for once. It's about time. Um, And you know what? I'm kind of surprised he came out and said something, to be honest with you, because the way Obama was taking our – the direction Obama was taking our country was towards this third world socialist ideology. Um, it's interesting though. I, you know, I, it's kind of shocked me to be honest that he would come out and, you know, call, call the party out. Uh, we saw him be quiet for the longest time, not really saying much, kind of sitting back, you know, going around making, making speeches every once in a while, but not really involved with the party. So there you go, guys. If that's your first clue, Democrats, I mean, you got the, you got the guy you looked up to so much telling you to knock it off. So, and if you want to, if you want to keep saying how great he is, uh, I, I really, you know, I really hope uh, you listen to him because you, you guys really think he's that great. Uh, okay, here, here's something really scary. Here's something really scary, and this is something that just came out this past week. The university and the college union now says it's okay to self-identify as black. You can self-identify as black, homosexual, whatever, according to the university and college union. They're now saying anyone can self-identify as black. Does anybody realize how freaking racist that sounds, how ignorant that is, how delusional that is? How, I, I mean, are we living in a comedy slapstick humor movie? Is this real? This is about as racist and, and hateful. I mean, how can you generalize? How can you give that permission when you're not – I mean, most of these people giving these permissions and saying this is okay aren't even black. These are white people saying it's okay. I mean, and you guys, the left wants to talk about bigotry. You guys want to talk about hateful, hatefulness. You guys want to talk about who's the, the Nazis. I mean, this, I've, I've never seen ideology as crazy as this. I have never. And this all goes into the colleges. Look at all the professors, the socialist professors. Look at everything they're trying to push on universities. You know, free college, free health care, let illegals in at every cost, let, let the trannies come read to the kids. Everything that is, would destroy our values and, and signature traditions is what they're doing. I, and you know what? It's a slap in the face because a lot of black people are offended by this. A lot of black people are not okay with this. You know, this whole equality thing, like I've said many times on my show, it, 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 it makes the Democrats' base more powerful. They, the more boxes they create, the more victims they create, the more powerful their base becomes and the more they can gain because they want to convince everyone that they're a victim and that they're crazy and that there's something wrong with them. This is what it is. It, it's dangerous, everybody. This is dangerous ideology. Um, you know, here, here's something that could piss anybody off. Al Sharpton. Uh, Al Sharpton, the guy that steals from the black community at every turn, scumbag, uh, hates America. Uh, he's a big racist too. He paid himself. He paid himself a million dollars by his own charity in 2018. Listen to that. This is the guy who owns millions in back taxes, and he paid his char- He paid himself from his own charity one million dollars in 2018. 
Does anybody realize how crazy and corrupt and ludicrous that sounds? And this guy claims that he does stuff for all these inner cities. The guy claims he does stuff for the black community. He claims he's Martin Luther King 2.0. No, you are not. You are a disgrace to the black community. And you're – I don't know anybody as evil as a, as a guy like Al Sharpton. And why, why do people keep giving him a platform? Oh, I know why, because he's divisive, and that's what the Democrats like. They, they, they like the hostility. They like creating chaos. It's what it is. Uh, America's waking up. America's waking up to a uh, new research poll came out, Pew Research. Six in 11 Americans want more deportations. Six in 11 Americans want more deportations of illegal aliens. People are t- tired of it, guys. Uh, you know, and that's, that's a lot. That's the majority for every six in 11. That's a lot. Um, that's quite a bit. And you know what? It's just going to keep growing. Uh, people are seeing what's going on in these communities. They're seeing how illegals are taking over our taxpayers, uh, how they're invading our country and being disrespectful. I mean, they're seeing. They're seeing everything that's going on. And they know what the Democrats are up to. Um, and this, you know, what I'm about to say here goes back into what I was talking about the colleges earlier. But we now have a college called Grand Valley State in Missouri now wants to kill the Pledge of Allegiance. And this is not the first time a university or a Democrat group has proposed something so radical like this. Uh, we've seen stuff like this happen in Minnesota. There were school districts in Minnesota that wanted to get rid of the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, I believe it was in Omar's district. And there's now we have Missouri, and it's happening all over. Like I say, they want to cancel our history. Uh, they want to cancel American culture. They want to ruin Western civilization. They, they want to bring in their, their globalist environment and their globalist uh, agenda. I mean, they the whole – and now, you know, when they say that the Pledge of Allegiance is racist and hateful, that's just a justification and an excuse to push their bull crap initiative. It's true. And that, that's, that's their excuse when you say, oh, why do you want to get rid of it? Oh, because it's hateful. Because it's hateful. What America was founded upon, you're telling me, is hateful? Then why are you in this country? Anybody who hates this country or thinks that um, we're racist or, or you know, Nazis, why are you here? Why don't you go somewhere else? Why don't you go somewhere else? Seriously. It, it's a whole new level of idiocy. And, you know, I, I, can't, I can't deal with it. I can't. And we all know. We all know why, uh, you know, they want, they want to change culture. Um, you know, we, we see the Solinsky's playbook. We see what Stalin and Hitler and all these dictators, and Venezuela, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's all part of its textbook. This is what's going on. Uh, last thing I want to get to before we get to the main headline, and then I want, we've got big guests coming on tonight. I'm very excited. We're going to be talking to Errol Weber, who's running for Congress in California, as well as Christian Acosta, who's running for Congress in Florida, as well as Floyd McClendon, who's running for Congress in Texas. Uh, but first, everybody, I want, I want to bring this up. And in this whole Chick-fil-A thing, and I, I talk about Chick-fil-A all the time, and I talk about, uh, you know, these protests and, and you know, the, this cancel culture. Uh, but, you know, we, we see for the longest time how the left has hammered and constantly crucified and ridiculed uh, Chick-fil-A. And it sadly, I think, is is uh, it's paying off for them because now Chick-fil-A is now st- will stop donating to Salvation Army and Christian athletes following the LGBT protests and the pressure. And this is, this is the problem. This is the problem. People can't, can't even stand their ground anymore. I mean, you have all this pressure 
from these groups, from these hateful groups, like, like LGBT. And I'm not saying all LGBT people are hateful, but a lot of these left-wing, left-wing um, organization groups that, that uh, go after Chick-fil-A and go after these Republican organizations, are, they are. I mean, these leftists, they want to cancel culture because they simply don't agree with it. They want us to be on their terms. They want us to agree with them and accept them, but they don't want to meet us middle ground. There's no voice of reason. They, they want, like I said earlier, they want to destroy us at every cost. They want to ruin your livelihood. They want to go after your family. They want to go after your work. They want to go after everything in your personal life. I mean, they, they, they go for the throat. You know, and Chick-fil-A is not hateful simply because they have an idea and they, and they have certain beliefs. That's, that's the beauty about being American. That's part of living in this country. You're supposed to be allowed to express yourself and believe whatever the hell you want. Nobody's supposed to control you. Nobody's supposed to tell you how to live. And Chick-fil-A does amazing things for their employees and for charities. It's great, I think, donating to the Salvation Army and Christian athletes. You know, it's sad. It's sad that it comes to this, where you have people that are so hateful and and so insecure and, and so obsessed with taking people down that, you know what, it's just, it's too much. It really is too much. It's, it's come to a whole nether level of, of, of extremeness. We see it all the time. All right. Um, get, getting, into this main, getting into this main whole impeachment thing, um, you know, this, this, is, this, this whole impeachment thing is crazy. It, it's insane right now uh, what, what the new reports are. Uh, we now we're now seeing that Trump has released the calls, the transcripts of the first call with the Ukrainian president. So there you go. He releases it, and it's still not enough. It will never be enough for the Democrats. It'll never be enough. There's no evidence. There's no legitimate cause. There's no there's no signs or of a crime. Nothing. This is all hearsay. This is all. Opinion. This is all the media. This is all the left trying to spin something that is not there. It's not. You know, and, and now we just hear a report, and this makes sense because it's not a it's not a factual case. And, and now I understand what's really going on. It's George Soros, and this came out today. George Soros is behind the whistleblower uh, hoax report. He's behind it. He is behind the entire hoax. Not, not the entire thing, but he's one of the main people that was, was involved. And it's still developing the story. Uh, but, I, you know, as soon as I saw this, I'm like, is anybody really shocked by this? Really? I mean, does, it, does that really, uh, you know, yeah, it's just like, it's, and you have these people, and it just goes back into what I say earlier about George Soros and people that are involved with the deep state and these elites. They get away with all of these crimes and corruption, and they never spend a day in jail. They never get a day in court. Uh, but if it's a Republican, all hell breaks loose. All hell breaks loose. And the fact that somebody like George Soros has this much authority and this much power um, should frighten anyone. And, and George Soros is just one of many examples of people that have this kind of power where they can – influence an entire democracy, an entire constitutional republic. They can, they, you know, look at what Soros has done. He's influenced entire countries. He's disrupted and betted on their failing 
economical market. You know, and I, I can't, I, I can't just sit back and and allow this to happen. I mean, we the people have to stand up, um, and we have to be there for our president. You know, we have to make sure and and and, and follow very closely and fight back. I mean, this is this is something that is is much. I've never seen anything more divisive ever. I've never seen anything more divisive with this impeachment thing. And, you know, I'm seeing right now with um, the, the testifying and the witnesses and the various people that have came forth uh, in the last couple of weeks, they make it very clear. I mean, we're talking about the ex-ambassador uh, to Ukraine. She made it very clear uh, there was no crime. Trump never got involved with any briberies, no quid pro quos, no, you know, n- none of that. No strong, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not one ounce of evidence. It's all hearsay. All hearsay. And don't forget, the, you know, Adam Schiff and these people, they're leading out uh, witnesses. There's two witnesses that basically cleared Trump. Um, I, I believe this was a month or two ago they came forward, and they basically had evidence that cleared Trump. But, of course, it didn't match the Democrats' agenda. It didn't match what they were putting forth for impeachment. So they silenced these people and didn't allow them to come forth and tell their story uh, in the courtroom. Think about that. You have two people that said that Trump is cleared, and they had evidence showing that Trump did nothing wrong. But the Democrats say, oh, no, no, we're going to get him anyway. I mean, come on. And, you know, I don't like how overdramatic – I talked about this on my weekend show a little bit – the, the, the woman, the ex-ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yavovich, whatever her name is, uh, she's comparing herself, the way she's treated, to diplomats killed in Benghazi. That's the biggest slap in the face I've ever heard. First of all, those people in Benghazi died very harshly, and the Obama administration would not answer the call. Uh, Hillary is responsible for that. Uh, I mean, look at, look at that massacre, and look at the, the innocent families that had to suffer and look at these men that were just over there doing their job, and they were just reporting what was going on, and they had no backup, none. And it's all, you know, it all goes into, uh, you know, this whole, this, yeah, I, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with it. You know, and comparing yourself to Benghazi, really, really, people die. And you get fired, and you're whining about getting fired. You're, com- you're comparing getting fired to the deaths in Benghazi. And, and Trump had the absolute right to fire, fire all the ambassadors. That's another thing going around. It's corrupt because Trump fired ambassadors. George W. Bush, all he did uh, – I mean, no, Obama, when he came in, he fired all of George W. Bush's ambassadors. So is Obama corrupt for doing that? No. It's part of the ritual. It's part of the process when somebody new gets elected. This is how Washington works. They're just trying to find whatever they can find. And they always put all these different labels on it. You know, it's bribery, quid pro quo, obstruction of justice. Uh, You know, now they want to see if he lied to Mueller, Trump. They want to see if Trump lied to Mueller. Now they're going back into the whole Russia thing when they found nothing. And they spent millions of dollars, hundreds of interviews, subpoenas, nada, 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 witch hunt. I mean, Trump describes it perfectly. It's a witch hunt. It absolutely is. 
and, I, and I'm seeing everything that's going on here uh, in terms of how it started with the Obama administration, with McCabe. I mean, all these people were involved. McCabe, Comey, uh, Brennan, Stork. You know, and, and think about who the whistleblower is supposedly. Somebody involved with the CIA. Somebody involved with the ex-Obama administration. And somebody that's been in this D.C. swamp forever. How is that not corrupt? How is that not? And now they're saying, you know, and Trump is now saying that he might testify. I don't, I, I would, I would advise against it. Um, and his attorneys are as well, but you know, president Trump, he's got nothing to hide. He wants to put it all on the table. He wants to tell them he wants to, he wants to prove that he's got nothing to hide. He's, he's willing to take it all like a man. He's willing to take all their questions. He's willing to face them. He's willing to, um, you know, be transparent. He, he's, he doesn't want to uh, have this, this thing go on. He wants to clear his name. He doesn't want the games, and he wants them to um, play fair. But we all know uh, if he goes and testifies, they're going to find something. They will twist it. They will, you know, spin a, a narrative. They will spin some sort of talking point that screws him. I know how this works. I know how it works. This is, this is uh, it's textbook. Uh, I do want to go to Dr. Hennon, though. Uh, Dwayne Hennon, go ahead. Yes, well, first, first of all, I'd like to kind of address that um, – Ex-ambassador uh, Yovana Witch is what I call her, uh, not Yovana yeah. Bitch, um, because she's she's a witch of this witch hunt here. You know, uh, number one, she was a Hillary fan, a uh, big Hillary supporter. As Rudy, Rudy Giuliani came out and like was kind of expressed that he had five witnesses over there who were willing to testify, but they don't want to have any of those people come in. Of course not. You know, they don't want anything that's against their narrative. Um, and, and, you know, I, I say one, one positive that you brought up so far, you know, tonight was that health care, that, you know, with, with the hospitals, that is a great move by Trump. Um, that's something we need to do. We need to start addressing the health care issue. Uh, you know, I've talked before about my hit list, my um, health care, immigration, and tax reform being the three things on the top of my list from day one. Let's get in and do it. Um, you know, so it's like, you know, that, that's, you know, a great move by him. And it's just, you know, we've got to keep moving these things forward. Um, you look, look at some of these other things. Just uh, you, you talked about, like Roger Stone. Roger Stone is getting screwed out of everything. You know, that's just a, a raw deal from the get-go. And, uh, you know, that's something that uh, a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people don't get that, hey, he was railroaded. You know, for things that uh, people that are aligned with the Democrat Party were guilty of. And, you know, we need to go after some of them. We need to go after all of them, period. Um, you look at uh, you know Prince Andrew. Um, what a ridiculous character he is with Epstein and everything else. What a shame. You know, and, and no, he can't no, convince absolutely. me. Yeah, he can't convince me that he wasn't involved. Hey, I'm sorry, the flight logs—they're not going to lie. Uh, you know, all the you know, uh, boy, I, I bet there's got to be some videos. Uh, there's got to be some things there would tie him in a whole bunch of the swamp right with it. And, you know, those, those uh, things need to be used for prosecutions, and we need to go after all the corrupt things in Washington, not just some of it. Let's go after all of it. Um, you know, we, we've got just so many things that you covered. Um, you, you know, it's, uh, I can't even imagine going to a college campus and me being white, being able to say that I'm black. What, you know, how, how bad does that get? You don't think that's racist? I, I'm telling you what, the Democrat Party has totally become unhinged and have gone off the deep end. 
And, and, you know, that's why we need to stand up as Republicans. We need to stand up as conservatives and fight back and hold strong. Don't give an inch. You know, Chick-fil-A, um, I, I can't believe they're doing what they're doing and saying, hey, they're going to back down. Don't back down. We've got your back on this one. You know, we, we'll stand right there with you, and we'll stand strong, and we'll fight back and, you know, just uh, keep moving forward with this. You know, um, we've got to keep supporting Christian organizations. Uh, you know, that's a, a lot of people don't understand. That's why our country is so great to begin with. It's, it's the Christians in this country. It's the Judeo-Christian values that we've had from the beginning. You know, about half of the people that signed the Declaration of Independence that wrote the Declaration of Independence were pastors. You know, um, out of the 55 people that wrote the Constitution, the signers of the Constitution, 52 were active members of their church. What's that tell you about our nation? You know, we, we need to bring God back into America. We need to make that our strong point and bring him back into the fabric of our society. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Absolutely. And, and we're, we're really at war right now with religion and, you know, with, with our culture and with, with um, Western civilization. I mean, they, they really want to rewrite the entire book, the left. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, the question is, are we going to stay silent? We've stayed, you know – Christians have stayed silent for too long. The churches right. have stayed silent for too long. And we've got to stand yeah. up. We've got to be willing to take it, take it right into the ring and say, hey, we're going to fight this one out. Uh, we're not going to back down. We're going to take over. We're going to take it back. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Absolutely. Um, I do I, – I am going to play this quick, quick clip. Um, we, this was Adam Schiff uh, today. No, this wasn't today. This was a couple days ago. Um, claiming, and this, this is what the game these, these whistleblowers are playing, and this is really pathetic. You know, Adam Schiff is now saying he doesn't know who the whistleblower is, and Adam Schiff is now saying who he's going to take questions from, and he's going to say who, can't, who can and can't talk, making his own rules as he goes along. And, you know, we know what he's doing, private meetings in the chamber, uh, talking, intimidating witnesses, intimidating certain people, telling them to say certain things. It's crazy. And don't forget that he plagiarized and, and tried to put words in Trump's mouth. He read something off a, a, a script that was made up. Trump never said it. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous what these people get away with. Imagine if Trump read something and, and claimed that Adam Schiff said it when he really didn't. The biggest double standard on earth. Listen to this. Door secret uh, deposition. So that the questions that should be appropriately asked of us for <laughs> by our side and your side uh, may be asked. And I would prefer that rather than that be your single decision, that the uh, committee speak to that issue rather than just the term. And I move that we, uh, I, I think, gentlemen, uh, it won't be my single. It won't be my single decision. We will entertain a motion to subpoena any witness. Uh, but after the witnesses have had an opportunity to testify, that, that issue. motion will be in order. That motion will be suspended until after the witnesses. All right, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Chairman, do you, do you anticipate when we would vote? What purpose does Mr. Jordan seek recognition? Just to ask a, a clarifying question, do you anticipate when we might vote on the ability to have the whistleblower in front of us, something you, the 435 members of Congress, you are the only member who knows who that individual is, and your staff is the only staff of any member of Congress who's had a chance to talk with that individual. We would like that opportunity. When might that happen in this proceeding today? First, as the gentleman knows, that's a false statement. I do not know the identity of the whistleblower, and I'm determined to make sure that identity is protected. 
Unbelievable. Now, now play, listen to this. Listen to this. This is another insane shift moment. Our first hearing under these new set of rules, um, House Resolution 660, uh, gives you the discretion uh, to allow yourself and the ranking member periods of extended questions of up to 45 minutes each before other members are allowed to um, ask questions if possible. Um, we'd like to know the rules of engagement before we get started. Have you made a decision yet as to how many 45-minute rounds uh, you will allow yourself and the ranking member? I have not, uh, as we informed the minority uh, yesterday, we will see how the first period goes and how much material we're able to get through. At that point, the chair will announce the period, if there is a period of the second round, which may be up to 45 minutes, uh, or we'll go straight to five-minute questions by members. It's insane, guys. Literally insane. Uh, let, let's go to – and I apologize, everybody. We are running a little late, so I, I apologize to my guests. I'm, I'm going to be introducing my guests here very shortly. Just want to finish up with everybody on the panel. Uh, Sam, go ahead. You know, uh, our second president, John Adams, said this. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And we've lost sight of that. And the, the secularists have pretty much came in here and taken over the situation, just like this school shooting stuff. All these children that are shooting each other, uh, you know, they don't have a moral foundation. When we've taken God and, and anything that has to do with God out of the, the school system, there is no moral platform. You tell somebody that they are a product of accident, and they have nothing to hold on to. They have nothing to stabilize themselves. So if you tell them that, there's really no morality. There's, there, it's just however you feel. And if you're going around telling people, and really, it doesn't surprise me that we have colleges or whatever telling somebody they can identify as black or they can identify. We're telling men that they can identify as women. We're, we're, we, we have people that are injecting little kids with hormones the so-called change their sex, which they cannot do. And this stuff sounds completely crazy. Well, what sounds crazy to us is when we think about what happened during prior to World War II, when the Jews were, uh, as, you know, labeled as non-human from the, from, the, from the German Nazis. We thought that was crazy. How could you think like that? But we shouldn't even be surprised if we're going around doing the kind of nonsense we're doing now. So we, uh, the, the, the Judeo-Christian base of this country, has really fallen off the kilter. Now, in this Chick-fil-A thing, my position is this. We, the, the body of Christ and folks that believe in values, need to tell Chick-fil-A, look, LBGQ plus, those are not your people. We are. We were the ones that were standing up for you. We were the ones... That when they, uh, uh, when uh, president, not president, when governor, I can't think of his name right now, from Arkansas, asked us to support and, and go line up in Chick-fil-A's a few years back, did so. Chick-fil-A needs to, they need to make a decision. You're going to stand strong or you're going to cow down and just go by the way of everybody else like Target. They need to understand that we will support them, but if they're not going, but if they're going to go down the rainbow path to destruction, we're not going to follow them or give them our money. I haven't been to Target in years. Now, we, if Chick-fil-A falls, well, who's next? Hobby Lobby, In-N-Out, 
people need to take a stand, and they need to stay strong. And, and let me go with the Obama thing real quick, because you mentioned him about telling folks that they're going too far. you got to remember what happened with Obama when he, when he was running for president. Prior to him, uh, when he was a, a senator in Chicago or whatnot, he was for same-sex marriage. He stopped supposedly being for same-sex marriage when he decided to run for presidency. His uh, Dave Axelrod told him, you will never get elected talking about you're for same-sex marriage. So he lied and said he wasn't. What he's trying to tell these folks is, look, all this crazy mess you want to do or whatever, you need to moderate that. You need to sit up here and tell folks a lie they can accept. Then once you get into power, you can start pulling in the nonsense just like he did when his real true feelings about same-sex marriage or, as I like to call it, the destruction of marriage in America he inaugurated, pushed through, along with the trans, uh, trans uh, whatever, that transgender nonsense and the, and the boys and girls' bathrooms and all this whole thing. Remember, he said that he was going to fundamentally change America, and that's one thing that he was truthful on. He fundamentally changed it for the worse, and now these people on his end of the ledger are ready to take it all the way, but he's saying right. not so fast, slow it down a little bit. Yeah, no, I hear you. No, and it's one of those things where you know it's, yeah, I mean, I, you know, and they they'll do they'll do anything to, to get elected. Um, it's and I, and I tell you what, I I don't like how these politicians flop constantly. It's insane and it's disgusting how they can't be honest with people. You know, they will do and see that's the thing about Trump. That's where he's in a he's an anomaly. He's not a yeah. politician. He's not owned by these right. folks. He actually right. wants to do what he said he wanted to do. Yeah, and the state to destroy him and us. That's why if they don't prosecute Clinton, if they don't prosecute these folks that we all know have committed crimes, we might as well just kiss uh, any respect for this government uh, or this nation goodbye because now right. is a perfect opportunity to bring real justice and real appreciation for the rule of law instead of the lies we've been hearing for years. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you 100%. Uh, let's, go to, let's go to Michael Valsi. Michael, you used to be in law enforcement. You used to be a homicide detective and police chief. I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts about what's going on. Well, I'll start with the subject that's related to that. Then. As far as this NFL thing is concerned with this football player, you know, fighting in sports, I mean, you know, you get in the heat of the battle. You see it in hockey, and hockey – doesn't do much about it because it's part of the game. It's a momentum shifter. It happens sometimes in, in football. It happens sometimes in basketball. But when you take a helmet out and you use it as a weapon, now you put yourself in a whole new category. Now that becomes a serious criminal act. And at that point, criminal charges need to be brought against that person. And if you don't do it, then you're not set any kind of example for other players in the NFL that'll think twice before they hurl a helmet and maybe kill somebody. So I, and that's my thoughts on that issue. Uh, and that's how it has to be handled. A one-year suspension just isn't enough. You know, it's just not going to, it's not enough to deter anything. I do want to touch on a few things that you said. I agree with you on the hospital transparency. You know, so many people, they never look at the bill. They don't realize we're being charged $8 for an aspirin or $10 for a miniature box of Kleenex or $12 or whatever it is, right? 
I think uh, I think once they start doing that, people will become a little bit more aware. You'll see a little bit more public outcry because I think the president is working hard to reduce uh, the medical costs, and the medical costs have dropped under his presidency for the first time in probably forever. So I think that helps if you get uh, public sentiment behind you. Uh, you touched on a couple of things. You know, this Epstein thing is not going to go away. You saw uh, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy sent a letter to ABC, you know, basically asking them, what are you going to do with this? Are you just going to sit on it? You're going to let it out? You're going to explain yourself? Um, and, and I think there's a report coming out on the Epstein thing that's, that's going to implicate a lot of people. And I don't think Prince Andrew's any different. He's going to be implicated as well. Those flight logs don't lie. Um, with regards to, uh, uh, you know, Sharpton, I mean, I don't think he delivers any votes for the Democrats. I really don't. He may have at one time, but I don't think he delivers any now. And it's about time they looked at him. He's owed back taxes for many, many years. Paying himself a million dollars is—I I know it can't be—I can't be legal. It's—it's uh, it's about time he's been investigated. Uh, and about this uh, uh, impeachment thing—I mean, this thing—you know, this—it's—it's it's sad because this could—this could go on for a little while. This thing was planned. For those people that don't know, this thing was planned at the same time the Russian hoax was planned. This was planned as a backup in case the Russian and uh, Mueller investigation failed, which it did. They've had these whistleblowers in the wings. It was a matter of when they were going to be activated. This particular guy got activated by Vindman, the lieutenant colonel, right, who's, who's a Ukrainian. He's loyal to the Ukraine. How he advanced in the United States military, I'll never know. Uh, and Yovanovitch, all these people are CIA assets. And I think the president is smart enough. He's such a shrewd man. He's smart enough to know these people were involved in his administration. And I can find it hard to believe he hasn't set a trap for him somewhere along the line. Let's not forget the IG report is about to come out. I just noticed he's scheduled to testify now before the Senate Judiciary Committee on December 11th. That's going to be a that's going to put a world of hurt on the deep state. You're talking about the FISA abuse. You're talking about many other abuses and things in there that people don't even anticipate coming. That's going to implicate a lot of people, and it's going to carry with them. It's going to carry with it some uh, recommendations for indictments that I think you're going to see happen. I don't think this is going to be a dog and pony show. I think you're going to see it happen. With regards to Soros, you know, when you're pushing a one-world order your whole life and you have all the money that you know he has and all the Rothschild money backing him up, uh, and it happens to be the same agenda, the, uh, the radical deep state liberals, that's what, they're, that's what they want. It was easy for them to take his money and push his agenda and then get people that are sympathetic to his causes in positions of high power. And that's basically what's happened over many years. You know, we're starting, this stuff's finally starting to come out. If, if, the, if President Trump had not been elected, we would not even know about some of this stuff. Right. You know, so I, I think 
well, you know, in that respect, I'm, I'm a little more optimistic. I don't see this impeachment thing going anywhere. I think, uh, in fact, if this if it doesn't end before the IG comes out, I think uh, that in and of itself could put a stop to it. Right. So, uh, I mean, yeah, because they're going to have a lot of answers. They're going to have a lot of questions. Even the corrupt media is going to have to ask some questions. They're, they're not going to be able to sweep this thing underneath the carpet because of the magnitude of it. Right. So, with and, that being said, uh, yeah, and, I mean, I really don't have anything else to add. And think, and think about this. I mean, they're only trying to go impeach him because they can't beat him. They're threatened by him. They have no factual evidence. And what they're really going to end up doing is only make him more popular, and they're going to be exposing themselves. Because don't think all, all the Democrat stuff isn't going to start coming out when they try to harass and interrogate Republicans, you know what I mean, in these hearings. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. And if you saw after the first first day of this uh, impeachment fiasco, his popularity went up two percentage points. The second day, it went up two percentage points. The third day, right. it went up a, de- a point. So he's gone up yeah. at least five points just since this started. And now the, yeah. the overwhelming majority of the people want, they want the Bidens investigated. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and, that, and that was another thing. This is another reason I believe the president was aware that this was going to happen. And I was, and I think, I think he wanted it to happen only because it exposed the Bidens. And it gets you into here's that the, deep state corruption. Yeah, and, and we just saw the woman, Yonovich, say the other day that she knew about Burisma, she knew about the Bidens, and she chose to do nothing. And they want to talk about Trump for a fake crime. They want to talk about a fictional crime that Trump supposedly committed, but they, they don't want to talk about the real crime, which was the Biden. Biden, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and that Yovanovitch thing, they tried to make a martyr out of her, and she was horrible. She absolutely brought no information, uh, valuable information uh, to the impeachment process. Uh, yeah. she, she, we know that uh, she's a CIA deep state asset. We know that. And she's yeah. she's loyal. She speaks fluent Russian. She she was she was actually born over there. The same with Vinman. This guy Vinman is the, is the kingpin in this whole thing. He may be the actual whistleblower. He's the right. one that went to. He's the one that went to Chiramella and had him come forward with this. Okay, he leaked yeah, I mean, what he knew to Chiramella. Yeah, that's how and this all woman- happened. Yeah, and this woman is worth – I mean, she's a typical politician. She, she, she makes – I mean, her salary is only like 100000 a year, and she's worth like $20 million. I mean, a typical dirty politician, you know? Yeah, she's worth $23 million, and on her salary, she would have had to work for 50 years and never spent a dime yeah. to save that kind yeah. of moment. So, yeah, I, I read about that. But I thought Jesse Waters summed it up kind of nice. He said, "If you were anything like, if you were like the Obama ambassadors, you would have come back in a body bag." You know, when she tried to compare herself to the Benghazi guys. Exactly. Exactly. Now, you're absolutely right. Very, very well said. Um, I am going to take a quick commercial. I still have people to get to on the panel, but we're going to come back with our guest, Errol Weber. I'm very excited to talk to him. Uh, Everybody stay with us. Errol's running for Congress in California. Then after Errol Weber, we will be having Christian Acosta, who's running for Congress in Florida. Very excited. Big show tonight. Stay with us, everybody. This is the Rory Sauter Show. 
TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street foods. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people add changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 different countries and nearly 70 online platforms. It's a beautiful night, everybody. Welcome back. Huge, huge show. I do want to welcome, uh, we have U.S. congressional candidate from California, Errol Weber. Errol, welcome to the show. Very excited to have you here. Thank you for having me on the show, Rory. Absolutely. Your first time on, my friend. Please tell everybody about yourself. All right. So I'm a film producer based right here in Los Angeles, California. I came from Jamaica with my family in 2002, became a U.S. citizen in 2012, and seven years to the day that I became a U.S. citizen on September 18, 2012, I declared candidacy for Congress. You have to be a U.S. citizen for seven years to run for Congress. So the moment I was available and able to run for Congress, I started my run. I noticed that there was a need in California, and I was the candidate to fill that need. For the past year, I've been polling people all throughout the Los Angeles area, asking them basic questions like, do you know who your congressperson is? 95% of respondents don't know who their congressperson is. They don't know who who the governor of California is. And then when you ask them, did you vote in the last election, 50% of respondents said yes. That's dangerous. We have a massive voter ignorance problem all throughout California. And when voters don't know about the people, 
or the issues that they're voting on, the only thing they can go on is the emotional stimuli from when the, de- when the Democrat Party goes to demonize the right and anybody that espouses conservative values. So then you see masses of people voting D, 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 right down the tickets, and then they wonder why their children are being taught all kinds of disgusting sexual education in school. Then they wonder why uh, Prop 13, which is, has been protecting California homeowners for 41 years, is now under attack. They wonder why there's a manufactured water crisis in California. They wonder why, um, why industries are being overregulated and being pushed out of California. They wonder why they have to pay more taxes and introduce more money to solve a homelessness problem, but only have homelessness increase up to 19% in some places in California. So for my campaign, in addition to espousing conservative values and sharing that with the population, I know that in order for me to win this election, I need to have an educated voter block. So that means I need to go out and start making policy palatable so people are not only interested but excited to learn about their country, learn about their state, and how their vote affects their life. I believe that the effectiveness of a congressional incumbent on how they vote on federal issues has a rippling effect on state-level issues and quality of life. So it is important that we have a congressperson in office who is working for the betterment of our community and at large for the country. Right now, the incumbent who is in in office in California's 37th Congressional District, her name is Karen Bass, and she's been in California politics for about two decades or even more, actually. Right now, a lot of people, the big names in California are Adam Schiff and Ted Lieu and Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi, but there's a silent but deadly uh, incumbent who is really doing a lot of damage under the radar. Her name is Karen Bass, and not a lot of people know about her, but her vote and her initiative are actually hurting Californians. So it is on me to go out and educate people on how their vote for Karen Bass has actually been hurting them over the years and how they need to start voting on their conservative values, which many have been suppressing for many years and voting against their own interests. So I am out here ready to educate, ready to cause a storm, and it's going to be a fun and educating uh, election season. I love it. I love it. God, God bless you, man. Well, I'm really excited. You know, you got you got quite the story. So, you know, I I, I, I feel really, um, I feel really good. You know, about about your campaign. I have seen some of the stuff you've put out and a lot of the work you're doing. You're really getting involved with the communities and, um, you know, coming from Jamaica and you know, right at the seven year mark, right when you're eligible to run and you do it. I, I man, that's such an inspiration. So remarkable that you were so dedicated and you stayed with it. And that was something that you were focused on, and now it's a reality, you know? Uh-huh. It is certainly not, it's not easy, but it is necessary. Because right now there are a lot of people in California who will bicker in person and online about all the things that ail California, 
But if we don't step up and actually run for these seats, we're going to have a problem in California. If you can let me give you an example. Right now, the Los Angeles County is so large and so populous that 24 state assembly districts overlap Los Angeles County. 13 of those state assembly districts currently have a Democrat incumbent running unopposed, meaning there is no Republican running right now, and the filing deadline is December 6th. That's a problem. There are whole areas of Los Angeles County that are absolutely unrepresented on the state and federal level. When it comes to uh, the federal seats in Congress right now, there is one congressional district, the 34th congressional district represented by Jimmy Gomez, where there is no Republican running. So it is incredibly important that for all of us patriots who love this country and want to see this country do better, we need to, instead of simply complaining, we need to step up and run on our conservative values and rally all of our friends and family to get involved and get volunteers involved because there are so many patriots who have been suppressing their conservative ideas for fear of fallout, for fear of losing their jobs, for fear of being attacked. I go out, I'm super pro-Trump all day long. I wear my Trump hat everywhere all day long. I get, <laughs> I get accosted all day long in restaurants and all that for my Trumpism. I don't care. I'm running. You guys need to know that I am a conservative Republican who loves the work that President Trump does. And I'm not going to let anyone have me cower in a corner because of my conservative views. And we need to step out and be more bold in exercising our rights to free speech and in espousing our conservative values. So I need, to, yeah, I, I need everybody's help to embolden conservatives to come out of the woodwork and actually be bold. Yeah, what's it, what's it like walking around California being a black conservative? I'm sure you probably get a lot of mixed mixed uh, reactions, right? Uh, they are perplexed. They're like, but, 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 but you're black. What, what, um, why are you? Okay, hold on one second. So this is where <laughs> I go in and I start educating them because, you see, they like to tout right. their Kamala's and they like to tout their Bidens. And I just yeah. want to remind some of these people that Joe Biden was a segregationist who was anti-busing. And then in 1994, exactly. authored the crime bill that was signed by Bill Clinton, which was responsible for the lifetime incarceration of tens of thousands of black people, destroying black family units and eroding black communities. But we, the Republicans, are the racists? Excuse me? <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and let let me guess. Usually, it's the people making those judgments and making those uh, comments towards you are white liberals, the, the most ignorant of them all, that don't have the the first clue, right? Well, you see, interestingly, the district I'm running in is yeah. 25% black, 25% white, 39% Latino, 9% Asian, and all of the well, I shouldn't say all. That's a blanket statement. An overwhelming, yeah. shocking majority of the black community are, like, super pro-Obama. They even have an Obama Boulevard running through the district. So oh, yeah, I saw that. that. Yeah. So imagine 
they went through eight years of Obama, nothing changed in the district, nothing changed in the district, and all they right. got to show for it was the equivalent of a lousy T-shirt, which is just a road renamed Barack Obama Boulevard. Think about this right. in the no, district it, really quickly. <laughs> 719,000 Yeah, and, and for people, people that – oh, go ahead. Sorry. 719,000 people. The high school graduation rate is 77%. The college graduation rate is 35%. The median income is 45000 Now, take into account that we have parts of Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills adjacent. We have uh, Culver City, Mar Vista, uh, Baldwin Hills, all very opulent neighborhoods. And then you have a median income of 45000 You mean to tell me that half of this district is living at or below 45000 and you've made peace with that, Congressman Bass? You've made peace with that? You've been in office for 10 years and you can't better your community? That The community has flatlined and stagnated for a decade and you've made peace with that and the only thing you can occupy yourself with doing is attacking President Trump? So we have to get rid of Karen Bass, the same Karen Bass who Jews have voted for year after year, election cycle after election cycle, and then she votes against them or folds her arms every time that Ilan Omar says something anti-Semitic. The same Karen Bass who veterans have voted for over and over again, but she keeps voting against military spending and against VA initiatives. And then the same Karen Bass who black people have voted for overwhelmingly, but she hasn't done anything for the black community. This whole district has been voting to shoot itself in the foot over and over again. And it's important that they learn what they're voting for, the importance of their vote, and how voting Republicans can help them in the future. And this is not, some, this is not just something that needs to be done in my district, but every adjacent district around me. Because we have Adam Schiff District just north of me. We have uh, Ted Lou's District to my west and Maxine Waters District to the south. We have a yeah. lot of, this, of these communities with similar mindsets that need to be changed. And it really, you know, it's really backwards, you know, how, how these minority communities think when they, when they, go into, when they vote politics. I mean, you, you have all these people in the black community you know, under the mindset and under, under the brainwashed ideology that because they're black, they have to vote Democrat and they can't vote Republican because Republicans are racist. And it's the same kind of thing you brought up with the Jews. Um, you know, the Jews will vote for this Democrat, but this Democrat will vote against what, what the, the Jews' best interest, and the Democrat will vote for communism. And here, here's the crazy Thank part. This is, what, this is what I've never been able to understand is that uh, I think I read a statistic that, like, uh, about 80%, about 80% of Jewish people in America vote liberal. And I'm like, you guys are voting for the same exact ideology that killed millions of your people. You're voting for... 1946, uh, you know, yep. For, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're voting, they're voting for somebody like Bernie. They're voting for people like Omar. And those are the people that took their ancestors with that kind of ideology. It's disgusting how backwards and crazy it is. And, and the, one of the main things I blame is the media because the Democrats have had the media on their side for so long. And I'm not going to just blame the media, but it's, it's a lot. I mean, it's, it's a lot of things, but it's so backwards, you know? 
Well, I have to also use this opportunity to compliment the Trump administration and the Trump campaign for the work that they've been doing because if you think about this for a second, there is uh, voter fraud, rampant voter fraud all throughout the United States. The media is swallowed up by the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is a well-funded machine that has been spewing hatred all throughout, all throughout California and the U.S. They have been demonizing the right. And even through all of that, we still won despite the Democrats' efforts. So imagine if the Democrats weren't even doing all of that nonsense. Do you see how big of a powerhouse the conservative uh, movement is? And we need to remind people that, hey, we as Republicans, we are in the right here. The right is right. And we need to continue to espouse our values. And we also need to work with organizations that are fighting for us to ensure that there is voter integrity in this upcoming election cycle so we do not have our election stolen by the one, the, the one million plus people who have crossed the border in the past year to date, that we do not have our services uh, stolen from us by people who have entered our system recently and are now uh, reaping the benefits that our retirees and our American citizens should be benefiting from. We have 60,000 homeless people in Los Angeles County. 15,000 of them are homeless veterans. Imagine you spend your life and your energy and your effort and you put your life on the line for this country and you end up homeless, but you can have 130,000 people cross the southern border every month, and just like that, they can use their kid and rent their kids out to jump the line to get affordable housing in California while there are homeless veterans on the street, where President Trump's 2017 tax plan removed the individual mandate on the federal level, but Gavin Newsom turns around and reinstitutes the individual mandate on the state level, punishing California citizens for not getting health coverage they already can't afford, and then turning around and granting free health care coverage to illegal aliens. This is the nonsense we're dealing with in California. Yeah, and I'm seeing everything that's going on in California. I mean, he's, he wants to give prisoners the right to vote. He's letting murderers out of jail. Uh, he's letting illegals in, free health care for illegals, homeless epidemic, and legislatively. destroying the streets. I mean, it, it doesn't end. And you wanna, they want to tax the middle class to the highest degree, and the middle class is leaving every single day. you got people's power going out. You have over a million people without power. You have all the forest fires. I mean, when does it end? It ends when people wake up. And that is one of the videos I'll be coming out within the next few days. It's called Wake Up California. And it shows all of the crazy paradoxes that are happening in California, like the ones that I mentioned and other ones that I'll be talking about as well. Yeah. And let me ask you this. Um, for mm-hmm. people that don't know, which, which areas does your district cover? Oh, it's very simple. For the people who live in the Los Angeles area, it's easy for you to know because it's everything south of Wilshire Boulevard, north of Slauson Avenue, west of the USC campus, and east of the Santa Monica Airport. For those who don't live in that area, it is everything adjacent to Beverly Hills, Miracle Mile, Crenshaw, Baldwin yep. Hills, Lemert Park, Culver City, Mar Vista, Palms. Those are the neighborhoods that comprise California's 37th Congressional District. And what 
what do you see as the three? What do you see as the three biggest problems facing that area? Okay. Well, actually, some of them are state level issues, and others are federal issues. On the federal standpoint, we have to address taxation because, of course, that has a rippling effect on state level issues. We've done our best with addressing taxation with the 2017 tax plan, but right now, Gavin Newsom and all of his pals in the state assembly have been working diligently to undo the effects and the benefits that American citizens would feel from, these, uh, from this tax plan. They have things like, on the federal level, we have things like opportunity zones, which allow for people to reinvest in our communities, but it really isn't effective as it should be when you consider all of the different uh, tax laws that they're putting in place or trying to put in place in order to subvert any of the positive effects that you would have felt. One such thing that is coming up on the ballot is something called the Schools and Communities First Initiative. It sounds glorious, and everybody who sees this on, the, on next year's ballot is going to be like, oh, Schools and Communities First, got to vote for that. But really, Schools and Communities First is just icing on a very deceptive cake that is actually called the split roll commercial property tax. You see, since 1978, Howard Jarvis's Prop 13 has been protecting California homeowners from backbreaking property taxes. And now, uh, California lawmakers are of the belief that there are people who have bought, prop, bought commercial property and industrial property many years ago and are not paying their fair share. Right now, Californians are paying taxes on the value of their property at the time that they bought it. What the split rule commercial property tax will do is that it will reassess all commercial and industrial property at today's value. So imagine buying a property at 800000 and now your property is worth $3 million and your property tax is now spiking. Imagine if you're a retiree in California owning a, a, a multi-unit building as your income as you retire very comfortably. Now, all of a sudden, you can't afford your source of income because the property taxes are just so high. Now, you'll become one of the 1,800-plus businesses that left California in the past year. This is what's going on in California, and that's just taxes. Another one is homelessness. It's primarily a state and local issue, but we also have to recognize the importance or the input of uh, federal decisions that are made. You see, the homelessness problem in California is exacerbated by the proliferation of drugs throughout our streets. It has been said by many sources that enough fentanyl has been intercepted at our southern border to kill every man, woman, and child in the United States three times. That is disgusting. Now, think about the importance of what our lawmakers vote on on the federal level to address this. You see, a failure to properly address federal issues has a negative rippling effect on state-level issues. So two federal issues that need to be paid attention to on something like this to address homelessness is for us to address homeland security and immigration, two federal issues. We are currently failing on both of those. We're doing our best on homeland security, and we're utterly failing on the immigration front. So we need a congressperson who will vote to close up our borders and to revamp our immigration system to allow for people who legally want to come to the U.S. to legally come to the U.S. and to also 
prosecute people who try to subvert our immigration laws. Also, we need to ensure that all 1,000-plus miles of the southern border is monitored and fortified so that we can continue to cut down the amount of drugs that are making its way all throughout Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, and California so that we do not exacerbate the homelessness problem that is really hurting right now from drug abuse and mental illness. Right. So, other things that are uh, hurting California is the backbreaking uh, energy policies that are pushing businesses out or making businesses impossible to operate. The energy policies in California right now are so strict and so overbearing that even mainstay uh, energy initiatives like recycling can't even survive in California. Just two months ago, one of the biggest recycling companies in California shut its doors and closed all 72, I think it was, like 72 or 76 of its, uh, of its plants that would do recycling of plastics and glass and metal. So you're telling me that now California's energy policies are backfiring on itself? Yes, it is. Uh, another thing that needs to be recognized is that there is a water crisis in California that is yeah. manufactured, a manufactured water crisis. Let me give you an example. We have, in the year to date, enough water has flown from our mountains out to the sea to supply 87% of the United States with water for an entire year. It's flown from our mountains out to the sea, while state lawmakers have made it so that we are pumping treated wastewater into our taps. So fresh water flowing from our mountains out to the sea, not to the farmers, not to our, um, to our dams and reservoirs, going from the mountains out to the sea, and we're pumping treated wastewater into our taps. This is California. We Insane. have a lot of work to do in this state. Yeah, it's very yeah. ridiculous in this state. <laughs> well, I could, I could, that, I could talk yeah, to you. And, you know, there are enough people who are so ticked off that yeah. they need to join me and run for state, local, and federal offices. Right, right. I, you know, I could, talk to you, I could talk to you all day, and I definitely want to have you back soon. Uh, but please tell everybody where they can connect with you and get involved in all that good stuff. Excellent. So I make it very simple. If you want to find out more about me and if you're so inclined to donate to my campaign because campaigns need money to run, you can visit me online at Weber2020.com. If you spell it with one B or two Bs, it goes to the same thing. I bought both websites. Weber2020.com. Sounds good, man. I'm I'm really looking forward uh, to your campaign, and I'm rooting for you. And uh, I wish you all the best, and I, I really think you do, you would do a great job, and we need people like you in there. And I'll definitely get you back on the show soon. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, man. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. All righty. We'll be right back, everybody. Stay with us. This is the Rory Sodder Show. It's a beautiful night. 
Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the -the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back, the Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. It is a beautiful night, everybody, Uh, coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. I do want to welcome on the phone with us, I believe we have him, a U.S. congressional candidate from Florida, Christian Acosta. Christian, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you very much for having me, Rory. I appreciate it. Yeah, sorry about the delay. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. I, I, I've been following your campaign. We're, we're, we're uh, you know, uh, follow each other on Twitter. I've seen some of the st- some stuff some of the stuff you're working on. 
I'm, I'm, I like it, man. I like it a lot. We need people like you in there. But uh, your first time on the show, for people that don't know, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Sure thing. Well, my name's Christian Acosta. I'm actually a nuclear engineer. That's what I studied at the University of Florida. I worked as an engineer for about 12 years, so I'm not a politician, but I count that as a good thing. And now I'm in Florida in Boynton Beach with my wife. We've been here a couple of years when we moved back here, and I'm now raising my family here. And I've decided that out of all the changes that went on, now's the right time to try to run for office. I've always wanted to be a representative and a public servant. And I love Florida. I love Palm Beach County. This is actually where I went to middle school and high school, so I grew up here. And we're not represented at all. We're represented by someone who's a rubber stamp Democrat, whose only interest is just going with the Democrat flow, which right now is impeach the president and pass no laws. But we need to fix that, and I'm the right type of person to do it because I can really bring this district together. But it's been, uh, it's been an interesting ride so far. I'll tell you, being a first-time politician is not, not an easy thing. I hear you. I hear you, man. And uh, so, so uh, going back just a little bit. So you, you're an engineer. Very impressive. Uh, tell everybody uh, what kind, what kind of engineer, what, what kind of industry did you specialize in? Sure. Um, I actually studied nuclear engineering, which you know, it's kind of <laughs> who does that. It's a little bit random. But when I went to the University of Florida, they actually have a training reactor there. So I went ahead. I got interested. I studied it, and it's been a great job for me. I did that for about eight or nine years. I worked in power plants. I worked overseas. I worked in Mexico. I worked here uh, down south in uh, Georgia, in Texas. I never got to work in, in the Florida power plants, but I know a lot about electricity. And then after that, I actually went and I worked in the railroad safety industry. So I also worked in subway lines and I helped fix one of the, um, one of the subways in New York City after Hurricane Sandy. It got flooded the Montague Tunnel. It's on the R-Line. It connects uh, Manhattan and Long Island. I helped to fix all of the stuff in that tunnel and get that, get that train running again. So it's, a, it's an interesting background, and it's kind of the opposite of what you expect from politician. but I always tell people politicians are supposed to build stuff. They're supposed to help the country get better. They're supposed to help solve your problems. We've got like 400 right. lawyers and eight engineers, so send one more engineer. We'll, we'll do a better job, I promise you. But <laughs> that's that's also one thing I always like to tell people. Um, right. My, my story is actually kind of interesting because my father's from Puerto Rico and my mother's from Argentina. And my dad served 25 years in the Air Force. And then his son gets to be a nuclear engineer and now gets to run for Congress. You know, that's a story you're only going to find here in America. And that's, that's really what makes this country great. Yeah, that's quite something. I mean, I, you know, I, I love, I love, I love it. I, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, what we need, you know, we don't want, uh, career politicians, uh, you know, in the, in the white house, you know, in the, in these areas, in DC, we don't want them working with the president. It's, it only makes things worse. It only makes things, uh, you know, more corrupt and more of a, yeah. of a self-interest, a self-interest situation. And so let, let me ask you this. So that's a huge that problem. Know, which area? Oh yeah! Oh no! You're absolutely yeah, absolutely. So for people that don't know, which areas of Florida uh, does your district cover? All right, it's um, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually the district where Mar-a-Lago is. So the president will technically be a constituent, <laughs> which is crazy to think about. But it's Palm Beach County. Amazing, right? It covers 
Yeah, it covers Palm Beach Island. It covers parts of West Palm Beach, Wellington, Boynton Beach, Lake Worth, Lantana, um, and West Boca Raton and Delray Beach. So if you're from this area, you'll know those towns. But it's most of Palm Beach County. Right. And I know I know you, you said earlier that you never saw yourself getting into politics, but what inspired you? I, I, can, I can probably imagine and, and give a strong guess our president um, and just the pro-America agenda. But, um, yeah, is, is that pretty much what it was? Well, to me, because I was actually – I always tell this story. I was actually in Pennsylvania at the time because that's where I got yeah. my first job. So I was, I was working up in Pittsburgh, right. and you know, the eight years of Barack Obama were not good. By any, by any rubric, they were not good. The economy wasn't strong at all, and I had a lot of friends. They were getting $100,000 in debt, getting a degree. They were intelligent, and they couldn't get a job. So we saw right. all that firsthand. It had to change. And when Hillary Clinton yeah. was running, I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. She's literally yeah. the most corrupt person I've ever met. Well, I never met her, but whatever. <laughs> and I was looking – you know, the same as you probably. I was looking at our at our clown show worth of a – worth of a primary, and I said, I don't think any of these people can beat Hillary Clinton, and then Donald Trump announced, and I said, well, okay, he's different. Let me go listen to him, so I went and I listened to him in a rally in Pittsburgh, and every single man I talked to in the rally, no joke, was a Democrat union steel worker, and I asked them, why are you here? You know, This is a Republican primary. Well, what's up? And they, they look at me, and no, no special facial expression. They're not laughing or anything. Just tell me, look. This is the only guy who's speaking for me, and right there I said, Trump's got something. He's got an idea of an underserved demographic in the Midwest, people that the Democrats have left behind that we can win votes from, and I said he, he has a plan. I don't know if it will work, but I'm going to back – he wants to win, and we need to learn how to win in this party. And from that moment on, I was energized. I said, you know, I've always been interested in politics, but look. He's not a politician. Obviously, you know, he's very wealthy. He's very experienced. But the point is he's a bit different. He's going to go out there and get things done. He is a builder. I'm a builder in, sen- in senses too, right? I'm an engineer. He's a developer, but we make stuff. So I was excited. And fast forward three years, and two of them were with Republican control of everything, and it's like the, tr- the president's doing everything on his own. you know. So imagine all we could have accomplished if we had a – Congress that was actually helping President Trump the first two years, right. and now obviously if we didn't have the Pelosi, Schiff, ridiculous clown car. So that kind of said, hey, look, I've gotten to move back to Florida. It's the right time. Let me go out there and do my best to help the Republicans and to help the president continue to move the right agenda forward because look at the tax cuts. right? Look at right. the amount of enhancement in religious freedom. Look at what we've been doing with putting a, uh, an Israel – an Israel – strong Israel policy forward to defend our ally in the Middle East. Look at what we've been doing with making strides in education. All of these things are important, and that's before you even get to talking about issues like immigration. So he's done a lot. I think the results speak for themselves. I, yeah. I want to continue those policies. I want to expand on some of them. I want to see more focus on the middle class. I want to see more focus on small business, and I also want to help us get to a position where we can win – all around on the immigration issue because I am Hispanic. I can go to a lot of the people in this district and I can say, look, here's the way we need to look at it. This is something that's benefiting all of us. We have to have rules. We have to have 
a proper process. Nobody likes anybody who cuts in line. That's not fair, right? Equality means we're both treated the same under the law. The president's really just a police officer. He's enforcing the law that Congress wrote. If you don't like the laws, then they should be modernized. But never forget, the Democrats had a chance under Obama when they controlled everything, and they never even attempted to pass a bill to change immigration because they don't care. So the bottom line is President Trump inherited their mess. And he was the first one to go out there and say – remember during the, the government shutdown, President Trump actually suggested a, a, a trade, give me some border security money, and we'll do something about DACA. You remember that? Yeah. The president actually oh, yeah. offered that, and I said, look, I'm, I'm a pragmatist. I think that's a good deal. I, I think personally – you know, maybe some of the other people don't like it, but I thought it was a, a, a win-win. I want border security. I think we should do something about DACA. Not a single person backed him up. Maybe like two Republicans spoke up, and obviously the Democrats all said, no, 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 we got to oppose Trump. Well, I would have backed him up on that. I would have been out there speaking out saying the president's doing his best to come up with good solutions for this country, and everybody else is playing politics. So I think that's the type of stuff we need to change, and I know I can do it. And right now, all we got is Lois Frankel, who just literally does whatever Pelosi tells her to do. That's not a representative. Right. I'll be a representative. Right, and no, I hear, I hear you, and you, you absolutely brought up a really good point earlier, and I talk about this on my show all the time, how the middle, the middle ground, it's, it's no longer relevant. I mean, the, the, the moderate Democrat, it, in terms of you know, the, the appealing to the voter, it's, it's gone. I mean, you know, it's either you're going to be a moderate Democrat and vote for Trump, and you may not agree with everything he does. You, you, you know, they'll bite their tongue on on a few things, you know, if they don't agree, but it's a hell of a lot better for them than voting communism. And I think Absolutely. we're seeing that. We're, we're seeing a lot of old school Democrats that, you know, they say, yeah, we're going to vote for Trump because, you know, like I said, we may, they may not like everything he does, but they like a hell of a lot more than how left and how radical uh, the Democrats have, have, have gone and become, you know what I mean? And hundred uh, percent. And we can't lose their votes. The, right. the president seeing, is right you know, that we can expand our yeah. tent. Sometimes yeah. I worry whether the rest of our right. party's on board with his idea of right. expanding the tent. We can't lose their votes. We don't have to right. agree with everybody and 100%. What, but if we agree with them 65, 70%, that's good. Yeah. And what's beautiful, what's beautiful about, about what's beautiful about this is that Trump is not a democrat, he's not a republican. He's pro-America. He's pro-policy. Yep. He's like Ronald Reagan. He's like John F. Kennedy. He's, he's you know, his heart is for the the people of this country. It's it's not um, it's not a, a partisan uh, you know situation. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. You can even see it with his economy policy, right? And this is really yeah. important. I I'm all free market and everything, but. You can't let unemployment get too high because unemployment is the crux of yeah. virtually everything else, and he right. understands that. His, his policies are you yeah. know, free market, a strong economy, all yeah. that, but number one, they're jobs first, and that's really yeah. important because if people don't have work, almost nothing else matters, and those people are going to get – are going to be given sort of options and these fake scenarios from the communists and socialists saying, oh, don't vote for us. We'll, we'll pretend to you know, help you out. 
We need to keep people employed because that's when they're best able to look at things and say, well, I don't like that idea. It sounds stupid. If they don't have a job, they have to go with whatever it's thrown at them, even if it's not a good idea because you can't blame them. They don't have a choice. We've got to have a strong job market, and President Trump understands that. That's number one. Exactly, exactly, and, and, and here's the thing is that um, you know, all these working-class Democrats um, and all these, all these people, like you, like you said earlier in your show, I mean, you know, we have all these uh, – the, the working class that um, are, are – are, God, they're giving Trump like the, even union members. We're seeing union members supporting Trump. And so, I mean, they never, they never in the past have ever usually supported Republican uh, presidential candidates. And it's like they're, they're so scared of how, like I said earlier, how far the left has gone. And um, the, the left, there's no, there's no, um, there's no working class, um, you know, agenda from the left anymore. It's all about free, 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 no. free, free. And that's not <laughs> what America was founded upon. And that's not, you know, what what our our values are are supposed to be uh, are live are supposed to be lived by. I mean, it's ridiculous. The the left has always had a dream, and that dream is the yeah. same as as Soviet Russia, where yeah. the people in charge of the left get to be the Politburo, right. and then all of the workers yeah. vote for them and support them. But right. they never actually did anything for the workers. They just went straight to the all the intellectuals are in charge. So they've got a party exactly. full of. You know, highly educated white people who, and I don't say that in, in a negative way, it's just they don't have the actual workers they pretend that they're serving. They've just got a whole bunch of college educated people with random degrees saying, we know what's yeah. best. And the workers who are saying, well, you were supposed to protect us, you were supposed to do this, that, and the other, they're the ones losing all their jobs. So you get Trump, right. who's not really an ideological anything, he's, he's a builder, he gets things yeah. done. He says, look, I understand the way the world works as far as manufacturing and labor costs and stuff, but why does it have to be all or nothing? Why does it have to be where all the factories are overseas? Why can't we have some of them here? And that's a valid question. We don't have to have a world where we strictly say, okay, well, you know, they do it better, so they get to build all the fa- fa- factories. It's okay to fight back a little bit and have a little bit of yeah. tough negotiating and say we're going to tariff this here and there. It's okay. Because at the end of the day, you know, if nine factories leave instead of ten, well, guess what? You still have one factory that didn't leave. That makes a difference. And a lot of the people in yeah. the Midwest, I've seen a lot of the towns he was talking about. I live right next to Ohio. We'd go to Youngstown and a bunch of other places. You saw the results. Yeah. He wasn't making it up when he talked about the entire Midwest being hollowed out. And the Democrats right. saw it happening, and the only thing they said was, your jobs ain't coming back. There's no magic wand. Learn to code. Pretty insulting. Right. You know, well, well yeah, I, Trump's doing something for them. Oh, he is. And, and you know, I want to kind of shift topics just a little bit, but uh, but you're absolutely right. Trump has done more for the economy. He's done more for the working class. I mean, we're seeing lowest black unemployment, lowest female unemployment, lowest Asian unemployment, lowest Hispanic unemployment ever. Uh, stock markets at the highest levels ever. Um, factories opening up, opening up here for the first time. Companies moving their, their uh, stuff from overseas back here. And it's crazy what we're seeing, and we're seeing all of – some of the best tax laws ever. I mean he, he's put stuff forth. Yes, uh, 100%. Uh, such, and the Democrats and, and have what, what nothing done, on the taxes. Yeah, and what he's done for 
small business owners and, uh, you know, getting rid of all the unnecessary legislation that Obama and past people put forth. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, did it's you see really, his, his really um, what is it, his news conference? You had the, the guy who was like 15 million in debt fines yeah. to the EPA because of some yeah. welding thing. You saw that. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're just, I'm seeing all these different examples of all these, all this legislation and all these things that were signed into, pl- into, into place and were, were there that are so unnecessary and they absolutely make no sense at all. And the only thing I can think of is the reason these politicians put them forth and put them into law is because it was for their own special interests. 100%. I mean, you saw Obamacare. You saw what that was. It's thousands of pages because it was written in part by health insurance companies. Like, in what world do we think that giving health insurance companies many, many monopolies over states where nobody else can compete? Yeah. Like, in what world is that good? You've got to be kidding exactly. me. But they, they, they spun it in the media. Everybody went for it, and boom, rates went up 50%. Who would have thought, right? <laughs> and don't tell me the rich exactly. paid for it because Bill Gates don't have no Aetna plan. So come on. It's, uh, it's, you know, that's the way it works. That's the dirty secret about all of these Democrat socialist plans. They never tell you this. They tell you the rich will pay for everything, and it's not true. The rich will pay for about 50 to 60 percent of everything. The other 40 percent will fall on the middle class, and the problem is we can't afford it. That's always the way it works because there's not enough money just from the wealthy. Sorry, but it's the, exactly. it's the simple fact. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that's – it's one of those things, and, and it's – you know, these elitists run the show. I mean, it, you know, they – they have so much power, and they take it away from the people. And it, we're seeing that diminish more and more every day because we have a president who's uh, putting us back first, who's who's giving we the people the power uh, back they deserve. You know, because you 100%. know, in reality, in reality, DC has has taken things to a whole new level of extreme with their special interests with their donors, with their communism ideology, and they totally have left us, left us out of the picture. It's disgusting. Um, well, we need to reelect the president. He's going to do a lot more in four more years. And just, as, just real quick, because I know you want to change topic real quick, one example that helps fight back directly at the source, you saw how he forced, I think it was in Department of Interior, to physically move to a different right. state. I think that's a big deal. I think we should do that with more, some more of these departments. Put them closer to where they serve. Get them out of the D.C. swamp, and now they're going to be a lot harder for you to go and sort of strong arm as a single administration. I agree. I agree with you 100. Uh, percent I do. I do. I could talk to you all day. Uh, I, I I want to keep you on for the last segment because I do want to talk about something. Uh, but please tell everybody real quick what are the three main problems facing your area in Florida? Okay. The Right now in Palm Beach County, probably the biggest issues everybody talks about are going to be immigration. Right. They're going to be talking about yeah. health care and then the yeah. economy. Specifically, yeah. with immigration, everybody's concerned about making sure that, again, we've got fairness. Yeah, The amount of people coming into Florida every month or actually every day is like 1,000 people. Florida takes massive amounts of immigration, and we handle it okay, but the point is yeah. there's rules. We have social services. We have wait lists for things, and if somebody is deserving of something, they've done everything we've asked, and they need help, they need a social service, 
They shouldn't be yeah. bumped down the list because someone who was sent here uh, illegally is put ahead of them. That's not okay. And we almost had that happen a while ago, but DeSantis, the governor, got with the, the president and nixed that. But that's something that's right. on the top of people's minds because we do also have a growing homeless problem, especially vets. So that's one thing. Yeah. The economy – the economy is always keep taxes low, protect small business. We, right. we have a vibrant business environment. It's crucial to yeah. us. If the Democrats do what they say they're going to do, which was get rid of the tax cuts, it's going to hammer us. And the last thing on health care, all of the above is important, but specifically prescription drug yeah. costs. We have an, a large right. elderly population. Our seniors can't be paying $700 a month for prescription drugs, and we're not talking about – um, you know, a, a cure for cancer that just came out last year. We're talking about things like diabetic supplies. This has been around for a yep. long time. This should not be 700 bucks a month. So that's something that's going to be at the top of my list to go and help open up and make sure that we've got safe generics available for people. Excellent. Excellent. And please tell everybody where they can connect with your campaign, get in touch with you, all that good stuff. Absolutely. My name is Christian Acosta. I'm running for Florida Congressional District 21. My website is voteacosta.com. It's www.voteacosta.com. And please, I need your help. Give me a donation, even small amounts, $10, $15, $20, make a big difference. We've got a entrenched incumbent, and all she does is whatever the Democrats tell her to do. We have a real chance to get her out because she doesn't have any, any history to run on. She's done nothing. We can win this, and we can give Trump a Republican representative in his own home district. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Stay with us. Uh, I'm gonna have, we have about 15 minutes left on the show. I'm going to get into the last segment, but re- I really love having you here, and we'll definitely uh, have you back soon. And I'll probably get, you, get your comment on the last segment I'm about to do. Sure thing. All righty. Um, I do want to go to Corey. Corey, I, I, I apologize about earlier, man. I want to get your thoughts. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts in regards to the show. And, uh, you know, you're a political operative. You're very involved. Uh, tell us everything. What are your thoughts on, on tonight's episode? Sure, yeah. So just uh, sitting back and listening, one of the things that I, I wanted to address tonight that I didn't get to address last time uh, was the whole Roger Stone controversy. And uh, Roger Stone, uh, to your viewers, guys, Roger Stone is a political prisoner. They couldn't get to Trump, so what they're trying to do is eliminate those around him. And uh, that includes people like General Flynn, you know, Papadopoulos, Manafort, now Roger Stone. So they, they've been going after all the people that supported Trump in the 2016 election since they can't get to Trump, quite obviously. And so they went after Roger Stone because he was a Trump supporter before Trump even really supported himself. I mean, Roger Stone is by Trump's side actually suggesting that he run back in the 80s, back in the 90s. Um, and so that just shows, you know, they're going after one of his, his greatest supporters. Now he's paying the price for standing by Trump's side for so long. He's, he's a victim of partisan politics, and he's a victim of a partisan justice system. And uh, the left has weaponized our legal system. I'm just telling you what. And, um, and, and Trump stated this in a tweet last week. There are dozens of Democrats, probably hundreds, that have done just as bad or worse as Stone, and yet they will never face criminal prosecution. And so you, you were talking about the charges that Stone actually faces – or faced, rather, because he was already found guilty uh, three days ago, four days ago. So he faced seven charges of uh, obstruction of justice, lying to Congress, witness tampering. 
um, with regards to what had happened during the Mueller investigation. And so now he's facing up to 50 years in prison, which is basically a life sentence for him because I think he's in his 60s or 70s. So that's basically a life sentence. And um, and I think the, the sentencing will happen happen in February. And so I want to go through right. just a few people and, and see if, if any of your viewers actually recognize these names. I don't know if, if anyone's heard of Hillary Clinton before. Uh, so Hillary Clinton, uh, she did just as bad, if not worse, than Roger Stone. I mean she was yeah. – she destroyed evidence. She lied under oath. Um, and Lisa Page, all the way back in March, actually actually uh, disclosed that the Obama DOJ ordered the FBI not to prosecute Hillary Clinton. The FBI uh, was considering actually bringing charges against Hillary, but the Obama DOJ instructed the FBI not to prosecute Hillary. That's just – that's crazy. You have James Comey, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Andrew McCabe, who actually had charges recommended against him back in April of 2018. This is 2018, a year and a half ago. And where are the charges? What's happening with Andrew McCabe? It seems like he's gotten off. John Brennan, James Clapper, all the rest. All these people are getting off. And so Trump has to, to pardon Roger Stone. We don't live in the Obama era anymore. We live in the Trump era. A general bar, you have to stand up and you have to, to, to support these people, these people that are under a politically charged attack. Roger Stone did nothing wrong. That's really the entire theme of, of his defense right now. And uh, you know, in the same way that President Obama stood by his supporters by weaponizing the legal system to get people off with, with horrific crimes such as Hillary Clinton and the different uh, people that I just named, Trump's got to do the same thing. I'm just telling you what, we have to, to use their strategies against them because the left's not going to stop weaponizing the justice system. And uh, you know, if, if, you, if any of your viewers – are wondering, you know, how can I help out? How can I, um, you know, what can I do to support Roger Stone? Well, there's there's a petition online. Last time I checked, there were close to 20,000 signatures uh, urging President Trump to pardon Roger Stone, and we have to do that. We have to donate to Roger Stone's defense fund at stonedefensefund.com, and we have to support him because he supported President Trump. He stood with uh, the man that we all elected. And so it's time that yep. Trump actually stands with him, and it's time that we stand with him as well. So that's one of the things that I really wanted to address uh, initially. So now let me ask let me ask you this. Um, sure. Do you think Do you think it's fair to say that Trump? I, I mean, I believe Trump will, because Trump's a loyal person. I think he'll pardon Roger Stone. What do you think? You know, I I hope he does. And I have belief in Trump. I, I truly – not only did I support him you know, as a political candidate, but I supported him as a person because I actually think that he has a heart for people. Uh, Me too. Yeah, by his side. I, I, I think that he actually genuinely cares about the average American. I think he genuinely cares about people that are a part of his cabinet, people that's, you know, stood and fought for him and went to the, you know, went, went to the box for him every single day. And so that's Roger Stone, and that he's he's one of those guys. And like I stated earlier, Stone was with Trump even before Trump was with himself, really. You know, back in the 90s and 80s. And so, um, you know, I want to have faith that President Trump is going to take action. And I want to have faith that uh, William Barr is going to take action against these individuals that I named uh, because you know, there's, you've, you've talked about the double standard several times, and we have a double standard not only in the media, uh, not only uh, in, in different areas of our country, but also the, the criminal justice system, which here's the thing. Whenever, whenever the, the courts start getting weaponized against conservatives, um, 
guys, that is that is when you know that we are in deep, deep trouble, man. That is whenever you know that we have to stand up and fight because uh, this is dangerous, man. This is dangerous. If you don't think it can happen to you, uh, then you're foolish. Roger Stone, I'm sure, didn't think that this could happen to him. Paul Manafort, you know, right. General Flynn, these people probably at one point in time, they, they said, man, this can't happen to me. I'm following the law. I'm doing things that I know it's right, and, and the liberals can't just – weaponized the legal system like that but they have been and they will continue to do so um and you know if i could address one more thing real quick because just sh- shifting topics because you addressed a lot yeah, tonight um yeah. so nancy pelosi and this was i think she in a press conference last week can you can nancy you do it pelosi, about one minute i i, I just yeah about one minute sure sure okay. sure yeah definitely right. definitely so I, I think okay. in a press conference last week, Nancy Pelosi actually claimed to be a custodian of the Constitution, and she actually <laughs> stated last summer that uh, Trump has created a constitutional crisis. And the question that I want to leave your viewers with before we go is that when have the Democrats ever cared about the Constitution? I mean, aren't they the ones exactly. that tried to strip away exactly. our First Amendment rights? Exactly. I was saying that the other day. Like they, they, they claim to care about the Constitution, but all they yeah. do is shit on it. Exactly. Aren't they the ones that have tried to strip away the First Amendment? Aren't they the ones that have uh, tried to abolish the Second Amendment who have have threatened law-abiding citizens with police force if we don't hand over our weapons? Uh, Aren't they the ones that want to abolish due process? We've seen that in the Me Too movement with Kavanaugh. We've seen it with Roger Stone. We're seeing it now with Trump. So what is she talking yeah. about? What is Nancy Pelosi talking about? She, she is uh, her and those de- and the Democrats um, have have really shredded the Constitution. That's exactly what they've done while in they, office. And so she is not a custodian have. of the Constitution. She's a destroyer of it. You're ab- you're absolutely right, Corey. Corey, please tell everybody where they can connect with you. Sure. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at the Corey, um, and also Instagram at the Corey Jones. Sounds good, my friend. Always a pleasure. Uh, Dr. Hennon, go ahead. Yes. Um, you can find me at um, Hennon, the number four, Ohio2020.com, or on Twitter at DRD Hennon. Um, and also on Facebook, you can just look up uh, Dwayne Hennon, D U A N E H E N N E N, and you can find me there. Sounds good, my friend. Did you have any final thoughts? Uh, you know what? Not a whole lot. This is a big night tonight. I tell you what, a lot of things packed in there. It sounds like we've got some great Congress people running. I'm looking forward to working with some of these uh, new congressmen, uh, you know, along with myself, just getting in there. and let, Let's uh, kind of shake some things up, and let's get America back where it needs to be, back on track, and back working for the American people. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Amen. Amen, my friend. Always a pleasure. Uh, Sam, yep, thank you. Sam Tully, go ahead. Like I said, Roy, uh, John Adams said that this nation, uh, this Constitution is only made for a moral people. And yeah. um, I just hope that, uh, like I said, uh, our Attorney General really put these people to the fire. That Hillary right. and everybody else, everybody that just broke yeah. it, uh, that's the only way the American people is going to get trust in this nation again. And for the American yeah. people to wake up and just quit robotically. Uh, voting for folks because they've been used to voting for them. Vote for the right person. So, exactly. you know, you can reach me always at Samuel Tolley at Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. I look forward to the next time, Roy. All right. Thank you. Always a pleasure. All right. Take care. My- Michael Valsi, go ahead. 
Well, Roy, uh, you covered a lot of topics, a lot of great guests tonight, a lot of great uh, candidates for office. Um, I'll just want to touch really quick on a couple of things. You know, Roger Stone, I, t I mentioned to you before, you know, he got stuck with that uh, radical liberal yeah. hack judge, Amy Berman. Right. Uh, right. But I'm sure he's going to appeal. And he's got the IG report coming out. Don't forget. It's going to expose yeah. this Russian hoax. And a lot of oh, those yeah. things are going to work in his favor, you know, if this thing winds up in appeal. And if all else fails, you know the president will pardon him. The other thing is is that, uh, you see, 95% of the people tuned out on the second day of this impeachment uh, hoax. Uh, I think people are wising up to the fact that the media is part of the deep state cabal. And that's a good thing for America, I think. And the final thought I'll leave you with is we got a new hero in the Republican Party. I'm glad to see a lot of Republicans. You know, we knew what uh, Jim Jordan and Kevin and Devin Nunes were capable of. But when you see this yeah. representative, Elsie Stefanik, uh, she was just a superstar. And uh, oh, yeah. she's a rising star in the party, and I think it's uh, very, very promising. So with that, you can find me at Michael Volsi on Twitter at V-A-L-S-I. Uh, thanks for having me, Roy. I look forward to being on again. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. Everybody, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. Um, we will see you all on Thursday night. Um, God bless you. I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>